Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The journey is usually the part that you remember anyways. Yeah, I mean, I remember that you remember anyways. Yeah, I mean, I remember you remember anyways. Yeah, I mean, I remember you remember, remember you remember, remember you remember, 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 remember anyway. I mean, anyway, Remember, we get there off of this usually The journey is usually the part that you remember anyway. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. Today's classic brought to you by Neutral Vodka Seltzer made with real vodka, real seltzer, real juice. It's neutral, the one with the umlaut. Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mills. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to Tassie, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, we got J.K. and J.D. How y'all doing? Hey, what's hey, up, Ashwa? Hey, what's up, what's up, what's hey. up? Love the hoodie. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like the vid, comment away, sub around and find out. Get any and all of your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. And if you are a Survivor fan, ooh, do we have the podcast for you a little bit later. Live at 1 p.m. Eastern, here from the factory, Survivor 43 finalist Owen Knight is going to join us to talk about last night's episode four of survivor 44 can't wait excellent episode last night yeah. looking forward to broing with owen that's right <laughs> yes we are night riders a little later today <laughs> no buffs has its own youtube feed its own podcast feed so we'll see you live over there and hey speaking of live live show alert houston april 3rd that is a monday night that is the final four NCAA Men's Championship Night, but don't worry, we're going live before the actual game. This presented by Neutral, which means tickets are free, baby. No fees. You just got to get on the list. You got to buy a ticket. You got to use that link in the show notes, but otherwise it's free. We'll be at the White Oat Music Hall in Houston. I guess we're in the downstairs venue. Looks very woody. <laughs> yeah. Cool, very cool. The acoustics could be great for us. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so that's Monday, April 3rd. Doors at 5, show at 6. We'll give you possibly a tight hour, maybe a sloppy 90 minutes. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere between 60 and 90, yep. tight to sloppy. Yes. Okay, let's get hey, into and the Speaking game. of tickets, okay. uh, speaking okay. of tickets, okay. I see okay. Tass here wearing a Skyhawks basketball t-shirt. We partnered with the Skyhawks a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. when we did sideline reporting. We just heard uh, from our people over there that the No Dunks community downloaded, or downloaded, donated 70 tickets hey. to the Skyhawks and kids who will be able to go to a game. I'm guessing probably next season they don't have any home games left this year. Okay. Uh, so very cool, and thank you all very much. Awesome. Thanks to everybody that donated to send some kids to some G League games. All right, let's get into the NBA action. Uh, we'll play a little Is This News later. We'll have Tweet of Night and all that. But uh, holy crap, the NBA was sort of drunk last <laughs> night. There were some uh, wild things going on. We'll start with the Mavericks falling to the Warriors 127-125 in a game that pushed Dallas into the number nine seed, tied with the Lakers. But here's the big headline from this game. Mark Cuban 
and the Mavs will file a protest of the lost of the loss after what the team believes to be an officiating error late in the third quarter when confusion happened and we'll roll the clip right here about which team had possession of the ball okay so if you're joining us on YouTube we're seeing it here it was strange okay that looks like the official said Warriors ball but then we had a mandatory Mavericks timeout but coming out of that timeout there are no Mavericks Around the Warriors players, so they just inbound the ball and score an easy two points. Looney dunk. <laughs> and that led to Cuban being frustrated. <laughs> and again, the fallout being that, by all accounts, Cuban and the Mavs are going to file a protest to this loss. They can file it if they want. Yeah. Um, and there's a, like a closer look. So, <laughs> what a spot. T- Tass, I mean, wh- wh- what do you think? Is More this a, referee talk. Is this a pointless protest? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely a pointless protest. We can get to the specifics of the referee. His hand signals. But the first thing you got to start with is the Mavs fell asleep. They had plenty of time to figure this out because I went and looked at every single broadcast, every single angle. Because when you get a controversy like this in March, you got to check it out. I went to the Warriors broadcast. The ball was beside Jordan Poole before they inbounded it for 15 seconds. Mm. The referee was holding it. Just holding it. The Mavs are on the other side of the floor. Five Mavs on the other side of the court. There's 15 seconds there for them to figure out. If they thought it was their ball, why isn't there a guy inbounding it? Yeah. Or a guy waiting for the inbound. Yeah. It takes two to inbound, and there's five guys on the other side of the floor. We have this clip where it's Jordan Poole just chilling with the referee. They're just hanging out. Poole starts talking about a, a foul call. Yeah, so there's a foul call. Then he looks up on the floor. This is like 10 seconds into their conversation. He's like, it's our ball, right? Yeah, it's right here. It's right here. It's our, it's ball, our ball, right? Oh, okay, give it to me. The Mavs are sleeping. They are absolutely asleep on the other side of the floor. So Mark Cuban has to come up in his three-quarter baseball shirt. It's better than it's better than the football shirts they used to I agree. produce. I agree. Totally. That's yeah. better. So yeah. it's an improvement. I'll give, I'll give Cubes that. But he can't defend it. Jason Kidd is sleeping. Why isn't there somebody on the bench saying, look on the other side of the floor? <laughs> they can't be complaining about this. They they can't. Yeah. And I understand. We'll get to the hand signals. It was confusing. I'll give them that. You mean the hand signals being, okay, Warriors ball, and then sort of right away, timeout Mavericks. So it, so it appears like, like it's like, oh, actually, hold on. It's Mavericks ball. Yeah. It looks right. like he turns around and signals the other way. Like it's the other direction from Warriors ball to Mavs ball. It should be Warriors ball. Break, point to the bench. It's a timeout for that team. Sure. There should have been more of a delay. If I'm in referee school, that's what he should be doing. <laughs> well, you even but see Looney when yeah. the official does say Warriors ball and then does the timeout. Looney thinks, hold on, did you just change the call? There's no way that's not our ball. You see him like, yeah. you know, say that to the referee. And, yeah. they, and I assume the ref goes, no, no, no I'm it's just your ball. It's a timeout to the Mavs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, what's your take on this, TK? <laughs> uh, the refs. Got it right. No doubt about it. I guess uh, from the Mavs perspective, there was one referee on the other side of the court alongside their five guys, even though the ball was going to be unbounded on the complete other side of the court. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. A little too fast from the out of bounds to the timeout <laughs> <or> <laughs> arm signals. Uh, so I think they got the calls right. I don't think the protest is going to go through, but I do kind of agree with the Mavericks. Just there should have been better communication. Fine. Okay, like the yeah. guy, the ref who's talking to Jordan Poole, why doesn't he just say, hey, we're down here? <laughs> yeah, he could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They uh, could have all talked to each other. It would have been, been very easy to figure out if they would have taken the 30 seconds to figure out. 
but the Warriors have no reason to want to do that. The referees are probably like, it's not our job to tell you right. which side of the court to be on. Listen yeah. to us, not your PA announcer. Yeah, I wonder if Poole's being smart and distracting the referee. He's talking about some foul <laughs> call. He's signaling to his elbow. He's he's probably just talking about it, but it worked out well because if there's no communication between Poole and the referee, maybe there's more communication between the referee sure, sure. and the other referees. Or yeah the five basketball players on the other side. And you can see, literally, they're, they're over there for a long time. The Mavs are on that other side for a long time. Again, they have to inbound the ball and receive the inbound, but no one is close to that ball. Yeah, There's right, no one, right. No one is disputing where the ball was inbounded. And the, the Mavs, ref, Mavs five are literally 50 to 80 feet away from the ball that they should have been inbounding technicalities and all that. They, I, think, I think they realized that it was confusing because the next play... The, when the Mavs did get the ball after the Warriors scored, Mavs had a makeup call. I mean, they got—they literally had four shots at the at, at the rim, and Josh Green ran over a Warrior, and I think they just let it go. Like, okay, fine, <laughs> we screwed it up. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. We didn't think uh, Cuban was going to come up here after this makeup call <laughs> that they allowed. I I think they kind of let that one go. Anyways, it was a weird play too because Looney did get dragged, or Looney dragged down Luca. And that's why the Mavs were upset. They thought maybe they're giving us the ball because there was this non-call, which right. sometimes happens. Anyways, a lot of confusing words I just said there because it is confusing. The whole thing was confusing. Everybody on so the call. Weird. So Je- Jeff Skin Wade said, "My brain is hemorrhaging trying to think of what happened here because it, <laughs> like it was tough to tough to really <laughs> figure out." So Cuban tweeted during the timeout, the official changed the call and never told us. He's uh, pretty adamant about that. Then when they saw us line up as if it were our ball, he just gave the ball to the Warriors. Never said a word to us. So this goes back to what you're saying, Trey. This could have all been avoided if the officials had said at some point during the timeout that actually occurred, hey, guys, it, it is their ball. It's going to be down here. It's, you know, maybe we heard it on the the announcer say it was your ball. It's not. I thought that, too. It's like, yeah, maybe the officials should have done that. I guess they could have. But... Then I caught myself, it's like, that's what we do when we're coaching, like, eight-year-olds playing. 100%. And they screw up which way they're going all the time. And we're always yelling, no, that's our basket. No, it's your ball you're inbounding. These are professional basketball players with a million assistant coaches. Totally. It's, like, not really the official's job at that level to do it. It is when you're coaching eight-year-olds or refereeing eight-year-olds, not grown men that get paid millions of dollars to do this. So then I'm like, no, they just botched this one. And it's definitely a little bit on Jason Kidd yeah. and the coaching staff from the Mavs. Like, they could have raised the stink as it was happening. Surely they're in their huddle calling a play on the wrong side of the court. But there were better ways to handle it rather than just waiting and (laughs) not knowing what was happening. Yeah, maybe the explanation is the Mavs just went to the wrong side of the floor. Maybe they just forgot. That's what what it almost looks like. Yeah, they thought they were playing (laughs) offense in front of their bench instead of on the other side. Yeah, (laughs) so... Again, I don't think Cuban's officially done it yet, filed the protest. I guess he has a 48-hour window, or they got to get the evidence and, like, submit it. they got to give a $10,000 check to also do all the processing fees, which you get oh. back if you successfully uh, land the uh, protest. But we're not going to get, like, a successful protest here. No. We haven't in a very long time. December 2007 is the last time. Heat versus Hawks. This is just a fun one to take a trip down memory lane. <laughs> Shaq was incorrectly ruled to have six fouls when he only had five, so he fouled out of that game. But then they protested, the Heat did, and they're like, oh, damn, he only did have five, and we took him out. So the game was resumed on March 8th, 2008. Same season, right? Happens in 07. They resumed the game in 08. 
but no one scored in the 51.9 <laughs> seconds that were played from overtime. The Hawks continued to win. They won. 114-111. Best part, Shaq didn't even play in the game because he had been traded yeah, that's awesome. to the Suns before the game was resumed there, uh, before the trade deadline. <laughs> so, yeah, that's 07. There have been some successful protests like that one where they had to replay things, but it's been a very long time, and this will not be replayed. It was a no. close game. That's what Cuban's saying. Hey, every two points matters. Every win matters here, but no. Not going not gonna to get this one, Mark. Save your $10,000 with your processing fee. <laughs> I actually like the way they handle it. You have to pay for it, mm-hmm. but if you're right, you get it back. I yep. think they should do coaches' challenges like yeah. that. <laughs> you got to give them 100 bucks. <laughs> nah, they make it more expensive. Oh, okay. Make it prohibitively expensive to actually do the challenge, but if you're right, you get your money back. Yeah, interesting. I'm with you. That's what they did in the World Baseball Classic. You have one challenge, but if you get it correct, you can keep using it. Mm. You get it back, yeah. or, or use it or lose it. Uh, I I think that they should protest their defense, really. Mm, yeah, let's talk about the game a little bit yeah, here. There we yeah. go. Warriors had 12 dunks in this game. That's mm. a lot of dunks. Jeez. Season high for them. They got to the rim a lot. And you could even protest Draymond Green sort of screening off uh, Reggie Bullock at the, the last possession there for Curry to go up to the rim and seal it. You could protest that if you want because Draymond Green did a good job of holding off Reggie Bullock, but they just weren't fighting when it comes down to it. They weren't fighting enough and... Luca obviously looked tired, and on that play when Curry got to the rim and the, and they used all 24 seconds of the shot clock, he was gassed. He just kind of he didn't do anything out. on it. In <laughs> fact, he was protesting during the play that the <laughs> yeah. foul should have been called on Draymond instead of uh, rotating, helping. He Not did a lot nothing of that. on that. Not yeah. enough of that. That's well, the problem. And uh, looks like uh, Luca will probably get slapped with a fine today at some point too, maybe today or tomorrow, for gesturing to the officials. Uh, a little, uh, a little moolah signal that maybe uh, you've been paid off here because he was upset he didn't get a call at the end of this game. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of contact, I thought, on that layup. Uh, kind of fumbled the pass a little bit, gave Draymond a chance to rotate and contest the shot, but this was like a playoff basketball game, so they didn't call the foul there, but I think we'll be seeing the, the Luka money symbol quite a bit because like you're saying skeets this is going to end up being a very expensive game for the dallas mavericks they're already ten thousand down how much is luca going to get fined because you can't be you can't be doing the money symbol uh but obviously the the mavs were on tilt with regards to the referees in the fourth quarter after the way things ended in the third quarter and there was a lot of contact i thought in general in the fourth here like you mentioned task draymond was awesome this game he made so many clutch defensive plays but he was also very aggressive offensively that ain't a foul seeing Stealing Reggie Bullock underneath the hoop. That is how you play basketball. But, man, this is a great win uh, for Golden State. The Mavs had more three-pointers, fewer turnovers. They shot more free throws, but it didn't matter because the Mavs got 11 rebounds from their big guys. It, it is crazy. That, so, yeah, what happened was Curry drives to the hoop, and Draymond just yeah, blocks his guy off from getting to play defense. If Bullock fights through Draymond's arms and tries to play defense, that could be called a foul. Right, it's it's just potentially, yeah. yeah. It's it's just a weird thing. Like a defender can go where he wants, but you can also seal. And it was there was no shot going up. Like you can just seal a guy yeah. anytime you want. Posting up, man. Yeah, yeah. Boxing he, out, that happens. Yeah, but he's boxing out when there's no shot going up. Yeah, posting up. But he's not. He's also not posting up because he's not getting. Curry the could ball have passed him the ball if he wanted to. Yeah, it's true. That's a hundred percent legal move. That's just. That's basketball. That's good basketball right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bullock should have fought through. And that's yeah. that's the whole point, is that the, the Mavs didn't fight through. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 66 points in the paint for the Warriors. They were in the lane the entire time. Curry had a ton of 
assists as well in this game because they were just collapsing on him because he was getting by the first line of defense yeah. the entire night, and they don't really have rim protectors at this point. The Mavericks don't, so they would have to send three guys to him. Easy passes out to the wing for threes. Yeah, and they beat them. The Mavs, the Mavs this was sort of a recipe for the Mavs to win. They, they had five more threes than the Warriors, uh, but they just couldn't stop enough of them. Just couldn't get just an, an additional stop. Harden, or Harden, Jaden Hardy was okay. awesome. Uh, I combined Hardy and Jaden, and I got a Harden. <laughs> he was awesome in this game. He was just letting it fly. So if Kyrie Irving continues to be out with the toe problem, that's your offense. He was he was Kyrie Light in this game, just playing beside Luka, just letting it rip. So that's a good sign for them. I like Steve Kerr uh, joking after the game how they're hot on the road now. They're the road warriors because they've won two straight <laughs> after beating Houston and now Dallas both uh, in their barn. So big wins. Uh, Kaminga, awesome too Yeah, for the Warriors. 9 of 11 uh, off the bench, 22 points in a game that was a very, very close game. He was fantastic, and that was a big win. We'll look at the standings a little bit later for the Warriors and really rough for the Mavericks sliding down there uh, even lower in the play-in tournament. But let's keep going here. Let's go to Carl Anthony Towns making his long-awaited return. He had missed like 51 games. It's been a while, but he comes back, and the Wolves win. He hit some clutch free throws. Cat did, but there was also a controversial hmm. no call at the end of this one, Tass, and that was uh, Sadiq Bay trying to go for like the tip rebound off the Hunter miss, falling. Prince sort of backing up into him, and he's like, "Where's the call? Where's the call?" And the officials were asked after this one, and they said, yeah, we blew it. <laughs> we probably should have called that. Um, Big Ben Foster. Yeah. So, I don't know. What's your, what's your take on this? No whistle there. Wolves hold on to win. Um, but, yeah, again, the officials saying, yeah, maybe we botched that one with him. Prince sort of the way he backed up into Bay on the uh, rebound attempt. I do think it, there, it's, it seemed like there was a lot of chaos happening just within those two dudes. So I thought it would be difficult to call. He did turn around, he did box out, he did hook his right arm, so Bay had to throw up his left arm and try and tip it in. But I thought it would be tough to call live. Mm-hmm. But it was yeah, technically a foul. When you start seeing the slow-mo versions, yeah. there's a lot of contact. But how do you call that? Mm-hmm. That's tough. I mean, a there's tip. a lot of that stuff He's happening not shooting. on rebounds. On tip. He's not exactly. shooting the ball. Yeah. The ball is up, and Bay does throw his left hand. He gets his left hand on the ball, and, and he probably he would have had his right hand on the ball, his dominant hand, to tip it. Or like you know, put both hands on it. Yeah. So it is unfortunate for sure. Um, but Towns sort of under the radar. It, it was just just not talked about a lot as he ramped up and he was playing with the uh, the workout crew back from 51 games. Hawks ripping them apart in the first quarter. Yeah. They're playing drop coverage, and Trey Young looked amazing. And then they started walling off a little bit, and they turned Trey over three times in a three-minute span in the fourth quarter to turn this game around. And then Towns, ice cold, got to the line on another controversial call, if you want to call it right before that, where John Coll- he was hooking John Collins and John Collins was hooking him. It was a double hook. You could call it a double foul, but they called it on Collins because the offensive player can go where he wants. Went to the line, iced it. So a great return for him mm-hmm. uh, in limited minutes. Yeah, I thought it was just cool that Chris Finch called a play for Carl Anthony Towns to win the game for him after missing what did they say, 114 days or something like that? Basically half of a calendar year. And, you know, I thought Towns acquitted himself pretty well. Made a couple of threes. Definitely looked a little bit rusty. And certainly they're going to have to figure out defense stuff. Also, he only played 26 uh, 26 minutes last night. Those are going to go up. 
But the Timberwolves are going to still have to figure out a way to play Nas Reed. He is such an important player for them. The energy he brings to the team. He's maybe one of their better athletes, which seems kind of weird considering he's a big guy. But, you know, relative to the position, he runs the court really well. He had 26 points, 8 rebounds last night. He can stretch the floor just like Towns does. He's important to play. Kyle Anderson, also super important to play. He was kind of running point for the uh, for the Timberwolves a lot last night with uh, Anthony Edwards out. But as long as Finch is able to figure out a way to play like the four main big guys, they've got a lot of talent. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how they figure it out because Towns on defense is still going to be a big time issue because he's either going to have to guard a shooter who's running around or be the guy who's there for the role. Uh, to the low man on the rotations, and neither of those are a strength of Carl Anthony Towns defensively, but at least he made those free throws at the end, which is cool. That's a good point about Nas Reed because you can't play three centers. We know the the Wolves like to play a lot of big guys, and they pay, they're paying a lot of big guys, and I doubt they're going to pay Nas Reed in the offseason, but he's kind of their energy guy as well, and he makes big plays at all times, and he scores, and he does have the footwork of a guard, and he's super athletic. But I don't see him playing a lot if you're if you're playing Gobert and Towns. Right. So it, it's it's going to be yeah a, a bit of a problem just just as far as yeah defensive coverages and just their 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 go to sort of uh, their chemistry dude as well. He, he's a big part of it. I wanted to highlight one particular play from this game. I forgot to grab the clip, but uh, it sort of like infuriated me a little bit, and I'll explain why. It was about one twenty five left. Wolves had very little time left on the shot clock, about 10 seconds. So Kyle Anderson took it inside. Um, you know, he had to. He had to get, get running out of clock, had to get a shot up. Three Hawks swarm Kyle Anderson, okay? And as he goes up to shoot, I think Bogey blocks it. And the ball stays inbound. And it was right at the end of the shot clock. So you hear the shot clock buzzer go, Bing! and Bogey grabs the ball at the exact same time. Usually in NBA games... And I get upset with it all the time. Usually the officials, when that shot clock goes, even if it goes right to the defensive team, which is now turning into the offensive team, of course, they'll say, shot clock, you know, side out, abounds your ball, right? Instead, the rest let this one play. So Bogey passes it to Trey. Trey kicks it ahead to John Collins, who's screaming up the floor, and he finishes his side. Now, I love that. This is how it should be. That was like, hey, good defense. You got the ball right when the shot clock went. You should have the advantage. But we've talked about it before in this podcast. They usually call it dead. And it's like, that's you're helping out the team that just got blocked or ran out of shot clock. Why not give the advantage to the team that got the stop? They did here. But man, they change this all the time from officiating crew to officiating crew. And you rarely see it actually not called. But I liked it. It was like made more sense. It was right exactly at the shot clock buzzer. When it went to bogey and he kept in a bounds and they scored the other two the other end. So just something a little one that I was like, oh, weird. They usually call that side out, which allows your defense to set up in the it would be in the mm-hmm. Wolves case here. So anyway. That just right. pisses me off. I, I just hope, wish it was always called like this. I hope in the offseason they uh there's a memo. I love the memorandums. They tell the teams, hey, you want me to write not... it up? Maybe I'll write it up. Well, I, th- I think that, yeah, the refs sort of cost us ten thousand dollars to send it in. <laughs> no, but like in a pos- in a positive way. Oh, okay. Yeah, to tell the teams, you may have the advantage. You're going to have the advantage <laughs> if the shot clock goes it. off because <laughs> it's not going to happen 100% of the time. But if they make this change where they give the team, the defensive team, the advantage. Tied to the that's, defense. That's the memorandum. Okay. It's a positive memo. It's the one you look at in your inbox and you see from the refs a memorandum. Oh, God. Oh, it's a good one, actually. <laughs> this is good for the game. But as you said, 
the Wolves were surprised. And they were, because, because usually they call the shot clock, uh, you know, uh, violation, where it's like, okay, well, we can get back on defense now. I mean, it's funny, because you'd be better off, in Kyle Anderson's case, to just hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. Take the shot clock violation instead of, like, trying to get it up there. Now you could argue, ah, oh, maybe you get a tip, an offensive rebound. But he was really swarmed. But it actually hurt him, because they let it go, and they scored an easy uh, two on the other end. In the end, they pulled it out, though, uh, obviously, with some controversy. People like talking about the refs. Do you, mm-hmm. do you think people will watch a video of just a screenshot of a, a, a screen, a Word document or notes document, us typing <laughs> up a memorandum? You just see the memorandum being typed. 60 seconds. <laughs> 60 seconds or less of literally a memorandum to teams. I think, I think we could write a whole memorandum in yeah, 60, 60 seconds. seconds. I believe it. Yeah. It's pretty simple. <laughs> it is pretty simple. We can plan it ahead of time to know what we're saying. Yes. Hey, when the shot clock goes off, we're not necessarily going to take it out of bounds. Oh, it's getting you too long. You may have the it's advantage. too long already. You may have the advantage. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. keep an eye on that possible YouTube short <laughs> coming later. Uh, John Morant also back. Though he came off the bench for the first time in his career. Uh, Grizzlies topped the Rockets, though, to clinch the uh, number one seed in the Southwest Division, if you care about those things. Mm. 17 points, 5 assists for John Morant, though. Played 24 minutes, Trey. Uh, thoughts on what we saw from uh, John Morant there and the Grizzlies with him back in the lineup? Uh... I thought it was interesting, certainly, that he came off the bench. Not a huge surprise. Basically, he said, I want to come off the bench. Steph Curry did it in the playoffs last year. I think it's kind of a way to ramp up getting back to playing, but also a way to show your teammates a little respect. Yep. Like, thanks for carrying my team while I was out yep. from my own doing. It's also a lot easier to manage minutes, which I guess he was on a minutes restriction last night. Fewer extended rests if you're not the starter. And you get to be on the court for the closing minutes, which John Morant was. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I saw Jaron Jackson Jr. say he was cheesing when John Morant checked in because he was happy uh, to have him back. I didn't remember that Ja was going to be wearing a mask. Yeah. That was a surprise to me <laughs> yeah. uh, as well. But a nice win for the Grizzlies. No surprise they did it against the Rockets. You know, it was a close. nice soft yeah. landing spot. But they had to play in yeah. the fourth quarter, and Ja was able to be on the court. So good stuff. Yeah, because of the minutes restriction, he was able to play in the fourth quarter instead of you know, bumping those minutes up, which makes sense. What is the uh, the mask for? I totally had forgotten. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, March played in 3rd, nine games. nasal fracture. Yeah, okay. there you go. Against the Nuggets? Own teammate? I don't know. Uh, that one happened. It happened. He's got a mask, mask on. Work here. I do he's like the idea of, of giving his teammates respect. He also said mentally he just wasn't ready to have the lights go off and him be the, the last guy announced and come out there. And Joe Varden has been covering this pretty well for The Athletic because Morant is going through some, some mental struggles. And I think he gave a, a good coping tip for anyone out there. He said he was in his house hours before the game. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't all there. He started telling himself what he was feeling in that moment. He started telling himself, talking to himself. Maybe it was just in his brain, but instead of talking to a therapist, it just helped him a lot. Like he just, he just was able to go through it. And he did go to counseling for a week. I, I, I misspoke, and, mm-hmm. I, and it did seem like he had only been there, you know, according to tweets, for like 24 hours uh, before you know, from Florida to sitting across from Jalen Rose in that interview. But he was there for a week. And uh, hopefully all is uh, improving there uh, in the Morant world. And I I did like the gesture of coming off the bench. And I'm sure when he is ready, 
<laughs> we'll be starting. <laughs> because all those headlines. Uh, uh, are the Grizzlies better without John Morant? Yeah. Well, he'll be starting soon. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. also had another monster game. This guy is playing the best basketball of his career right now. 37 points, 10 boards. He was a beast. Like, 11 free using, throws? Yeah. It's like he just realized he's seven feet tall. I know, right? <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> he's dunk everything? Yeah. Everybody's smaller and slower than me? Uh, yeah, he's really turned it on, so... Uh, definitely a silver lining for the Grizzlies with the John Morant going out of the lineup for as long as he was out. Jaron Jackson Jr. was the guy who stepped forward offensively, which yeah. I think is huge for this season. And then for Jaron Jackson Jr. going forward, you would have maybe thought it's Desmond Bain who's going to be the guy who kind of takes over in Jaw's absence. He's been good. He's gotten his flow back, I think, uh, with Morant missing time. But Jaron Jackson Jr. became a man for the Grizzlies, and he did it again last night. Great stuff. All right, we'll fly through some of the other games last night. We'll start with the Eastern Conference wins. Giannis, big night. Bucks crush the Spurs, 130-94. Tyrese Maxey keys a fast start as the 76ers pound the Bulls, 116-91. We had friends in our WhatsApp chat sharing the <laughs> score, 19-1. to The Sixers were leading there. That was a weird score. You don't the see that one often. one is off weird, man. Yes, very, very weird. Uh, Jimmy Butler scored 35 as the Heat held off the Knicks, 127-120. That was a spicy game at the end. And then back home in Canada, a bunch of Canadians on the Pacers beat the Raptors, uh, Andrew Nemhard with 25. Any thoughts on any of those four games from either of you? Yeah, quickly, Nemhard, Matherin, Brissett. Three starters for the Pacers. Three Canadian-born starters for the first time in a starting lineup in NBA history. Yeah, great stuff. I thought the Pistons had done it, but I guess they didn't start. Three they didn't of start them. them but yeah, then maybe they, they all got in they there. They got on the floor. Yeah, it was yeah. Pacers, Pistons. So many Canadians uh, on the right, floor. Right, right, right. right. Um, but okay. any, it was a combined starters, I guess, between the Pacers and the Pistons. Anyways, that was the that was the highlight in Canada. For for the fans there because the reps stunk coming out of this coming out of the gate the defense was just bad in the first half and they got back into it yeah it was like but Canada it, basketball night too in Toronto that's unfortunate so way well, to go way sense. to go Rick Carlisle way to respect it should have <laughs> played Duarte was he hurt missed a lot of time like yeah. Fred, Fred had a twenty eight and ten game but it, he had a lot of bad shots in this game and obviously it was cool. From a Canada basketball perspective for Andrew Nemhart to seal it with that deep step back three that had incredible rotation. It looked like cartoon rotation of a basketball. It <laughs> rotated so much. He lets it go from, down from, from so low. And Matherin was playing extremely hard in this game. It's a bad result for the reps without Halliburton on the other side. Even if they have their own problems, Siakam wasn't uh, good enough in the first half as well. Raps were they lucky. Raps enough. were lucky that weren't the Bulls got waxed by the Sixers, and that the Hawks also lost there uh, at the end there to the Wolves. And the, even the Wizards, like the and one the team who could theoretically yeah. be sure. chasing anybody down. Uh, so yeah, good night to lose. Yeah, uh, mm. <laughs> in the Eastern Conference uh, playoff race. Uh, yeah, nineteen to one start. You know, I guess it was technically a seventeen to zero start yeah, for Philadelphia as well. And then the Bulls could never respond. Some weird Joel Embiid stuff though. Absolutely, just didn't come out for the second yeah. half. Sixers fans were freaking out because the the update uh, on the broadcast was the only reason he wasn't coming back was because there's a big lead. Sixers fans are kind of always waiting for the other shoe yes, to drop, yes. it feels like. They were already missing Harden, who was a little gimpy against the Bulls on Monday night. And now Embiid could maybe miss time. We'll see. It seems like they're just kind of being very cautious with his 
Uh, I think they said it was calf tightness, mm, calf, right? Yeah. But, I mean, we got 10 games left. Obviously, there's still an MVP race. Obviously, there's questions about staying healthy for the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see what Doc actually does with the two stars because you absolutely need both of them at peak health going into the playoffs because that is always a question mark. Also say huge win for the Heat last night. Yep. Big time in the fourth quarter. Tyler Hero hit four threes. Max Struess hit two threes. And Jimmy was money as usual. Now they are in a virtual tie with the Nets. I think the Nets are actually ahead based on percentage points. They also have the tiebreaker. And they play on Saturday. That's a huge game. Yep. Because if the Heat win that one, they are getting into the top six. And they might not look back with regards to the and Nets. And we might get a Sixers... Heat first round series. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've talked about do you yeah. really want to play the Miami Heat? I know they have limitations in their half court offense and stuff like that, but also they got some dogs on this team. You're led by Jimmy. You're obviously well coached. Like, I think whatever series they're in, they're going to put up one hell of a fight. But yeah, that was a big win. And yeah, both teams were shooting the lights out in the fourth quarter, both the Knicks and the Heat. Uh, did you see the travel Jimmy Butler got away with last night? Switching no. his pivot feet like twice like he was out by the three-point line and he was sort of trapped and it's like so blatant that he's like it was weird they missed it It was sort of late in the game too it was big points that they uh it resulted in for Miami Heat but yeah the officials missed it maybe the Knicks will protest I think every team that lost last night should just protest (laughs) this is a pretty bad it's rough it's a very bad bad. (laughs) real do-si-do here from Jimmy Butler I did see him trolling uh Julius Randle though it's been a long time I feel like since we've had a Jimmy Butler reaction face. Yeah. This one could maybe, yeah, maybe crack the list. I think if he would have went for more, like, boo-boo eyes, yeah. it would definitely be locked in, but the, just, like, the little sad pout was okay. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Yeah, he's, Sorry, like, mocking Julius. them. Uh, Ash, throw up the East playoff standings. We'll just take a quick look at this. So the Bucks in one, Celtics two, Sixers drop there to the third seed. I mean, they already were uh, by way of tiebreaker, but they're a half game back now of Boston. Cleveland, New York, and then we talked about Brooklyn and Miami there, and then all those play-in teams. We include the Wizards, who are still technically within striking distance of sneaking in there, but probably unlikely, the way they're playing. Their over-under number preseason expected win total was like 33.5, so they're right on it. <laughs> wow. We bet the over. Did we? Looks good. Okay. Ooh. You think the Wizards got two more wins? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, hopefully. Oh, two, of, get a two of nine? The yeah, they'll the be all right. Be uh, right. Let's jump over to the Western Conference uh, games or wins, I guess I should say. Yeah, you said the Wizards lost. Uh, they lost to Jokic, who had 31. He had a monster line. They pulled away from the Wizards 118-104. Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves, AD and AR, leading the Lakers past the Suns 122-111. to Monty Williams, once again, not happy with the uh, free throw shooting or a disparity. And then Lillard and Sharp get the Blazers past the Jazz to halt a six-game skid. I think it's a little too late uh, where they are in the Western Conference standings. But any thoughts on those three? I'm just glad Lillard is playing because the comments made it seem like he was done. He was basically saying, I can't see wins. <laughs> and <laughs> and I started the season optimistically. We had a, a decent run, but now I can't see wins. So it felt like he was going to shut it down, but it just felt wrong if you're just going to shut it down for no reason. There's really no reason. So I'm glad just from this whole load management, this player's not playing enough perspective, that he came out and played. You mentioned Monty Williams, always pretty calm, cool on the mic, took one question, done. Yeah, I'm done because of that disparity. They only shot. He 20. recently was pissed oh, about the free throw disparity. He said, yeah, yeah, I'm tired of talking about it because it's yeah. over and over and over lot, again. It happens with his team. It, it's that type of team. Uh, let's let's be completely honest. Mm-hmm. 
It's not a team that goes to the rim a ton. I know Booker does draw contact, but well, you look you look up and down. Booker got to the line. He did. He was the only one, really. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no Aiton, no, of course, Kevin Durant still. I mean, they're limited. So, it's, yeah. It's not like Biombo's going to be going to the line, you know, 15 times. No. But he's pissed off about it. I mean, he's trying to, like, I don't know, maybe, like, get ready for the playoffs here, whoever they play, <laughs> as they, like, continue to lose. I mean, it's, like, very close. You can throw up the Western Conference standings, Ash. Like, it's tight between now the uh, Suns and the Clippers there. It's a half game. Um, so, they may not have home court advantage. It's possible. And then, of course, a bunch of teams not that far behind them, even. You can fall in a hurry here in the Western Conference. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I mean, a terribly officiated game, to be quite honest, because we had Monty Williams giving a one-answer press conference afterwards, and there's clips of D'Angelo Russell being like, Scott Foster's ref in this game, y'all. Scott Foster. Because the <laughs> fouls were crazy in this one. So if the winning team is upset with the refs <laughs> and the losing team is upset with the refs, either good officiating or very, very bad, L.A. took 46 free throws. Phoenix took 20. Austin Reeves took more free throws than Devin Booker did. Like, I understand that the Suns are a jump shooting team, but this feels a little vindictive uh, considering the history that Chris Paul and Scott Foster have throughout their entire career. Incredible game, though, for Reeves. 25 points, a career-high 11 assists. He was getting MVP chance at one point. (laughs) He also crossed up Cameron Payne. Campaign fell on the ground. Reeves finishes with a jelly at the rim, and Mark Jones said, he put pain on his knees like it was pregame chapel. (laughs) (laughs) And Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson was like, is that the first time you used that? (laughs) Because he couldn't believe what he had just said. He's like, I'm just going to let you cook. Mark to Mark, I'm letting you cook. (laughs) Yeah, Mark and Mark. (laughs) Wild stuff. Wild stuff in the association. Wild stuff for uh, Reeves to get MVP chance, but he deserves it. Okay, he's not MVP, uh, but but uh, don't put him on your ballot. Uh, but but his man, he's playing. Yeah, Mark, Mark Jackson wasn't happy about that either. No, he's like, let's be serious. No, but he he needs to be out there a ton, whether or not he's starting or not. He played 39 minutes in this game, and Anthony Davis was a beast. He saw on the other side, Biombo slash Landale, and he did his job. Yeah. So they want a game, but uh, we got to expect Kevin Durant back soon. I think we see like how Towns is coming back, guys coming back under the radar without a lot of hoopla around it. I, I think KD will be back soon, and Shams kind of indicated he'll be back within a week, and couldn't come soon enough. I would also tell you to seek out the highlight of uh, Sharp's alley oop dunk last night uh, in that Blazers victory. Holy shit, that. <laughs> To me, had a lot of Vince Carter vibes to that alley oop. The way he gets up there, the vertical is unreal. His just how comfortable he is, obviously catching it one hand and throwing it down. And uh, if anything, it just made me pissed off that he wasn't in the dunk contest uh, at the end of the day. But that was huge. Good win from the Blazers, but again, I think they're just too far back at this point. We gotta take a break. But when we come back, a little is this news? Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. My uh, next batch of First Leaf wine arrives tomorrow, so it's going to be a real good weekend. (laughs) First Leaf Friday, huh? That's exactly right. Uh, If you're joining us live on YouTube, we love to see it. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Let's get into Is This News? Is This News got some headlines for you guys. Tell me whether or not they're newsworthy. First one from ESPN. Hornets and Nick Richards agree to a three-year, $15 million extension. Is this news the big Nick energy? What do you got? Great news. Headline news. Front page news. Great contract for good player done by the Charlotte Hornets. Hey. Solid. This is what you got to pay a backup fringe start center in the NBA. Sure. Five. Ha! You're laughing. Uh, because sometimes you don't want to play a Nick Richards, but sometimes you do. And you shouldn't be paying – I'm just talking not, not not Nick Richards specifically, but that type of player. Yeah. In today's NBA, a guy who doesn't necessarily light it up, who doesn't score from the three-point line, is not going to play all the time. So he's not going to be a starter, but this is, this is the type of money. And I don't think you've – You've never come across a podcast that's talked about Nick Richards as much as this show <laughs> that's absolutely has. Right. Good point. <laughs> you guys were at the Nick Richards show. We saw his breakout game this year yeah. against the Hawks. Still. His career high. He was killing them, yeah. dominating them. Yeah. Now this is smart like work here by the Hornets, especially because he was extension eligible up until like June thirtieth, but this avoids him going into restricted free agency this summer. So good deal here uh, for Nick Richards. Three years, fifteen million. Trey, you're nodding away. You love are it. a you, it, you are a big Nick Richards guy. I love Nick Richards. Love Mark Williams. Love PJ Washington. I love what the Hornets are putting together <laughs> in their big man rotation right now. But honestly, like I mean he's making five million dollars a year to be the backup center. That's a good deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good deal for Nick, a good deal for the Hornets. He yeah. does like he puts up numbers in he's limited time. He's a legitimate time. huge guy. Yeah. yeah, he put you know he's averaging career highs of basically eight points a game, six boards, and over a block in only eighteen minutes per game. I mean, those are pretty decent stats for under twenty minutes. Yeah, and such a low salary number in today's NBA, yeah. five yeah. million bucks doesn't prohibit you from going and paying another center a lot of money, right? Like a Nas Reed that we just talked about, who's going to get paid a decent amount of money from somebody out there to be their starting center, I imagine. Well, they also like Mark Williams. They like Mark Williams. Yeah, not, they I, traded away the plum dog to, yeah, to give him that opportunity. Sure, they got two. I'm not saying it's got to be the Hornets, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying it, it it doesn't inhibit what you can do later on. That's why you sign these. These are smart smart moves. All right, our next headline from the Clippers themselves: Paul George has a sprained right knee and will be reevaluated 
in two to three weeks. This is our Paul George update. Talked about it a lot on yesterday's show. We didn't know the extent of the injury. So is this news to you, TK, from what the Clippers are saying? Reevaluated in two to three weeks. Yeah, I would say best possible news uh, for the Clippers. I mean, I guess the best possible news would be actually nothing happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was unlikely. Best possible news. Yeah, exactly. Um, saw a lot of comparisons to Giannis in the 2021 playoffs when he got hurt here in Atlanta. Hyperextended his yeah. knee. Looked really bad, just like Paul George's did. He missed two games. Ended up missing one week. So this is pretty solid, I think, for the Clippers to at least be envisioning the return of Paul George two to three weeks, though. That's the end of the regular season, yep. which is a problem. Yeah. But if there's any team who would be ready for questionable availability from one of their stars, <laughs> not knowing if he's going to be healthy uh, game to game, it would be the Clippers. So, you know, this is kind of how the Clippers have done things for the past four seasons, and they will continue to do it in the playoffs. I would just be concerned if I was the Clippers about getting Paul George to his all-star level right away when he's back, though, because he seems like a get-it-going-slowly type of guy when he comes back from injury. We've seen him come back from like shoulder injuries in the past. Like you said, regular season ending, Paul George coming back. Three weeks would essentially be when the play-in tournament's happening, so he may not even get any regular season point. games. Yeah, He may have to come back right at the beginning of the playoffs, and that stinks. Uh, yeah. For for them and and their expectations, they could be starting on the road very likely. That's it, it's putting them behind the eight ball. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's very possible we don't even see Paul George play a game this year for the Clippers. Regular season play in or playoffs because reevaluated. Re I mean, this is the thing they all say now in these headlines. It's not back in two to three weeks. It's yeah. always reevaluated. Look at what just happened with LeBron here, and it's like who knows how he recovers. It looked brutal. I mean, we all agree with that, and the way he's carried off and carted out. Like, hopefully he bounces back for for the Clippers fans, but. I wouldn't hold my breath because at a certain point, like I know they have to keep kicking the can down the road because always one of their guys is injured, one of their superstars, but you don't want to put the guy even at more risk of doing even more damage, which could happen. Uh, next one, speaking of injuries, The Athletic. Ever heard of it? It's a great website. Pelicans. Good, good deal going on. Theathletic.com slash no dunks. A dollar a month for 12 months. Dollar a month? Yep. Well, there you go. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. So you can read this headline. You can not only read the headline, you can read the whole damn thing. Uh, Pelican Zion Williamson cleared for on-court activities out at least two more weeks. Is this news? Uh, Pass th I'm going positive. You, you always do you, with Zion. I do. Yeah, yeah. You could easily go negative. <laughs> but I think, unlike Paul George, when, and, when he comes back, he's going to be 100% Zion. He's going to feel great. He's going to be coming out bursting to the rim that's how good he is of course you could look at this as yeah they just keep prolonging this oh my how, God, many, yeah. how many updates have we got now so yeah I, I just choose to be hopeful that he's going to come back and feeling good but i could be wrong trey, <laughs> i could be very wrong trey is this news at all because tas just said it we feel like we've read this headline eight times this season <laughs> on the athletic <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they just keep running the same one <laughs> I don't know. Is it news? Is it news? Uh, Pelicans half game back of 10th, but they've got the seventh hardest remaining schedule in the league. But honestly, for me, if Zion plays one more game this season, it's great news. Him playing in like any sort of high leverage situation, I think will be interesting. Him on the court is always fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. It's such a weird thing with Zion. When he plays, he's a dominant player, but he hasn't been healthy 
long enough to put together such long stretches that it feels like he's working out the intricacies of playing in the NBA. It's kind of like roll the ball out there, and this guy is so talented and so physically dominant that he can still go get 27 points per game. But imagine when he like learns the ins and outs of playing NBA basketball. He needs to be on the court to do that. So I hope he, hope he comes back, even if it's for like two games at the end of the season. Yeah, I was going to say two weeks puts us basically – let's ballpark April 7th and they have two regular season games left at that point. They would have a game against the Knicks. They'd have a game against the Wolves and then it would be either they're in a play in race or not. This is what's going to happen here. It's all going to come down to, are they within striking distance of even getting in the play? in? Otherwise, if they're out, like technically eliminated, they're not playing Zion Williamson. No, (laughs) like zero chance. No. So it'll just be whether they're in that race and it's up to these other guys, Ingram and, and McCollum to, keep him close enough that maybe, maybe, maybe he helps get him in and plays a game or two at the end. You think the NBA will do what it did in the bubble and expand the field for Zion to get in (laughs) and get in a couple more games? Because as Trey said, they're 11th. And he said all season, I just want to be with my guys Mm -hmm. because I missed the playoffs last year when we had that great series against the Suns. So if you want to be a glass half full type of guy, type of gal out there, you look at it and you say, Okay, he wants to be in the playoffs so, so bad, so they're just making sure he is actually healthy before he comes back so he doesn't get re-injured again. But I can see why uh, The Athletic keeps that that URL crispy, that same (laughs) URL, and keeps refreshing this story because I understand. I understand if you're glass half empty. It stinks, though, obviously. The good part of the headline, of course, is cleared for on-court activity. So, Doing I mean, something. That is a step in the right direction to coming back to your team. All right, you convinced me. <laughs> uh, final one here. Uh, it's maybe a day or two old at this point, but I thought, let's chew on it. From Complex. <laughs> they had the best headline version of this. Mario Chalmers rips former teammate LeBron James, says, nobody fears him. Trey. Is this news what Chalmers has been saying about LeBron? No, this is not news. No? This is revenge for getting yelled at for four years straight. (laughs) And you can tell Mario Chalmers was afraid of LeBron James because he didn't say it until he was retired. (laughs) He also said, I don't know why, because I see people be scared when they actually line up to him, but they're not scared thinking about that matchup. Huh? (laughs) They're not scared, but they're scared. This is weird. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Just a guy talking. <laughs> Honestly, just a guy talking. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good explanation. <laughs> just, a, just a guy saying stuff because he was asked. It's all, yeah, I mean, of course it's in the context of comparisons yeah. of LeBron to Michael Jordan, who everybody feared, who everybody still fears <laughs> to this day. But, uh, you know, Chalmers trying to say it's not the same with LeBron, which is, look, compared to Jordan, sure, maybe, is but there, also just strange. Yeah, is there anyone... That compares to Michael Jordan in that regard. No, probably not. No. So maybe it's a good assessment. (laughs) But uh, it's a good point by Trey. He would always want to be the point guard for LeBron James' team. So, yeah, he kept it quiet for a while and Uh until he couldn't be signed again. Because, you know, he went to the Grizzlies, got injured again, uh, and he was having some good times there with the Grizzlies post-LeBron era. He was all right there. Hey, look, maybe not as many players fear LeBron as they did Michael Jordan, but that doesn't mean nobody fears LeBron. Did you watch the Eastern Conference for a fucking decade? (laughs) Everybody didn't want to play LeBron, my team included. They were terrified to see him, and he embarrassed them every single time. Hawks fans, Raptors fans. I mean, come on. 
Like, I think really what he's getting at here is, and not that Chalmers played with him, but like by all accounts, teammates of Michael Jordan feared Michael Jordan. Maybe that's not the case as much with LeBron's teammates because they're two different people. They're two different uh, personalities. But it's a it's a strange like diss here at a guy that's uh, also still playing in the league <laughs> that you've been yes. gone for a while. Yes. I, don't know. I don't know. I remember Stanley Johnson talking trash to LeBron once upon a time. It's the last time we heard from Stanley Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in his head. No, you're not. <laughs> Sorry, Stanley. Uh, look, we had to slip it into the show. I guess there's not much else to say about this. You know, yeah. oh, whose podcast was this on? I couldn't even kept, keep track. That's was, a great question. Uh, I was trying to figure. There it out. There was a watermark in that lower left. He corner. definitely was on somebody's podcast. Pro so Ballers. You know. It was. It didn't have. It didn't have a name that was associated with an NBA player. Playmaker, Playmaker HQ. HQ. That's what yes. it is. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Ten million followers on Instagram. I think they say. Playmaker HQ. I was like, is this a Michael Irvin podcast? I don't think it is though. Playmaker. Yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Uh well let's hear from everybody uh out there. Thoughts on Chalmers, uh, you know, dissing, I guess, LeBron, or just like this idea of nobody fearing him. Do you buy it? Maybe not as much as Michael Jordan, but did nobody fear LeBron? <laughs> hey, do you fear LeBron? Do you fear LeBron? Yeah. You do? Do you fear LeBron? Not at all. Okay, yeah. well, there you go. He's kind. I think yeah. he's he's kinder than Michael Jordan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He'll let you win game. One I of the fear finals. him in he the sense care. though that I don't love my chances of winning the game or the series that uh, may be competing against yeah, him at that's, least for that's, a long time. That comes from my fear, not off court, on court. <laughs> watching him barrel down the floor. Right. Right. Am I taking the charge? Nah. Mm, okay. Uh, let's take our final break. When we come back, pick him results and tweet of the night. Don't go anywhere. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. All right, back in the Classic Factory. Pick them results from last night. Your boy Skeetsy's hot right now. I'm on a roll. I took the Lakers. They had uh, one and a half points to play with as dogs at home to the Suns. They got the whistle, according to Monty Williams, and I got the victory. Proves me to 8-8 eight and eight here in March. Trey and Tass both had the Suns, so Trey's 9-7. and seven. You're 4-12, and 12, Tass. 4-12, no problem. All right, what's tonight's game? I'm just trying to get to 4-20. I think I can do it. <laughs> do, uh, do we have enough nights left? <laughs> I don't know. Four games in the association this evening. Okay. It's a tight one, huh? Knicks, Magic, Cavs, Nets, Hornets, Pelicans, but we're going Thunder Clippers. Every game matters in the Western Conference. The Clippers are at home. They're favored by two and a half. So I'm rolling with them, just thinking that they will uh, bounce back. Right, they just played, right? Yes. Yeah. It was a one-point game. A Thunder one. Yeah, that's so right. a close one. You guys have the Thunder 
who can lose by two and still cover. That's right. That's right. Could be another one-point game. But Lou Dort blocking up Kawhi Leonard. Uh, right. I'm a little okay. nervous about this one, to be quite honest. Uh, t- tough to beat the same team twice. Very like, difficult. <laughs> quickly, right after each other. But maybe it'll be a close one again. Hopefully. Uh, all right, two of us with OKC. Tass has the clips. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. There was a lot going on last night for me. A lot going on this morning. I was scrambling to find a Tweet of the Night. You know, we had a bunch of great games, crazy ending, Survivor to watch. We got Owen Knight coming into the studio here soon. So I needed some help. And my guy, JD and Jerome, coming through with a tweet from at NBA Film Tweets. You might remember this was an account that JD highlighted that shares NBA players' tweets about films. Well, they had a banger up the other day. This exchange with Mike James and his passionate thoughts about a couple of Disney movies. Aladdin, always been better than Lion King. Aladdin is the realest character in Disney. Simba, low-key a hoe. This is Mike James, the former NBA player, okay? He tweeted this a while ago, but at NBA Film Tweets just shared it. Uh, So Big Sauce says back, no, 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 you tripping, Brody. Mike James then goes on to explain his thinking here. Name one thing Simba did the entire movie. Aladdin? Huh. Okay. He stole to eat and gave it to the kids. He didn't eat. He had nothing and became king. He had three wishes and really only used one on himself and one other one to free his homie. And he beat up Jafar and outsmarted him. Etc. And this continued, but we'll stop it there. Um, so I guess, uh, Trey, how do you feel about James, Mike James' uh, take on Aladdin being a much better Disney film than The Lion King and, and his and his points. Uh, complicated, Batman. This yeah. is complicated, Skeets. Because on one hand, uh, until Moana came out, I would say Aladdin was my favorite Disney movie. But I'll also say I would say, you know, just looking at it objectively, Lion King is the best Disney movie. Wow, wow, wow. Plot-wise, incredible. Okay. Based on King Lear. Great songs. Good songs. Great songs. But, you know, <laughs> Simba, all he did was literally nothing. Yeah. Hakuna Matata. That was the whole point. Mike makes a good yeah. point there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Hakuna Matata, though is cooler than anything in Aladdin. Uh, it means no world. worries for the rest of your days. <laughs> yeah. It's a great line, sure. <laughs> uh, full track, full soundtrack, I think Aladdin wins. They got some bangers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I mean, with the, he's, compa- he's a whole new world. Oh, that is good. Peebo Bryson. Shout uh, out my guy Peebo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, one I, jump ahead, going... one jump ahead while he's jumping on each of the buildings. <laughs> I see a lovely bunch of coconuts <laughs> walking down the road. Uh, but come on, you're talking Best. Elton John? Can yeah. you feel the love tonight? Yeah. Uh, okay. Kings and vagabonds? Yeah, what are, we, what are we talking about here, Mike James? Obviously, Aladdin is a far more endearing character. He, then Simba. Can, yes, Simba had it all. He's entitled. <laughs> as far as the sun could reach, Tass. Yeah, yeah. It belonged to him. And he gave and what it, did he do? Nothing. His he, dad died. Yeah, he gave it up. He ran away, obviously. Scar scarred him. Scar scared Scar scared the heck out of him. I get it. But as far as character versus character, I think that's what Mike James is getting at. Yeah. 100%. Came, came from the gutter. 100%. 100% you agree with Mike James? Yeah. Simba sucks. Damn. Simba sucks. Aladdin was nothing without the genie. But the movie... Aladdin was nothing okay, without the genie. Okay, we're, we're, we're talking about the characters here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the character characters. Aladdin. He was nothing without the genie. Yeah. Well, hold on. 
He was a fighter. He Mike James May brings up a good. He was a fighter. He he stole a thief? St- food. He stole food and gave it to people. He didn't even end up eating that yeah. apple. That's necessary trouble. He got into necessary. Yeah, this, trouble. Guy, this guy's Robin Hood. Simba is a nepo baby who <laughs> got fooled into thinking that he was responsible for his father's death, which is kind of stupid. Like, okay, he was a kid. Okay, fine. He was a kid. So was Aladdin. So was Aladdin. Oh, that was a man. Yeah, he was a man. How old was man. Aladdin? How old was he? Old enough 15, to get married. 15, 16. Let's get back in over Arabia. Like, it's 12. Come on now. Aladdin did nothing. How old is Aladdin? Until nothing. The genie, until the genie showed up. He did, he did nothing. He got one wish, and then he gave away what his last wish to free the genie. Stupid. Should have kept it for himself. Aladdin was, Simba, a, Aladdin was an 18-year-old man. Aladdin, Aladdin is Kyrie Irving. No. Yeah, oh. come on. So did, Ky- no, did nothing until the genie showed up. The genie is LeBron. Simba ran, oh. ran away so and ate bugs and then. grubs for his entire adolescence. And then Nala has to put the whole kingdom on her back, goes out searching uh-huh. for Simba, come back Simba. And oh, wait, okay, Simba fights Scar in the end, but... Aladdin is way better. And Jerome and I actually went even deeper. We're like, I'm like, Jasmine sucks. Nala's the best. Who's better? Nala or Jasmine? Also, and then, Nala is uh, Simba's like cousin too, so don't forget that. Mm. That's, that's kind of weird too. Nala is point. Simba's cousin. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't yeah. I mean, you guys have kids. You've yeah. maybe watched these movies a lot more recently. <laughs> many, than many, I many, have. many times. I don't okay. I haven't well, seen Lion fine. King in a long time, but fine. They're Nala, animals. Nala Nala's yeah the the better <laughs> companion sure but isn't that that just shows a, a, a lot of a lot of men go through the women writes everything in their That's, life yeah fair corrects enough. everything in fair their enough life. but anyways anyways it's okay yeah, well, but I, I agree get the poll going Tess I agree like. with you uh, I think it's Mencken score the scored wrote the songs for uh, Aladdin I yeah. think they're better I do think they're better overall overall I think there's more range in them mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. okay. Well, let's hear from everybody out there. We got to get a poll up on our Twitter account. Uh, better movie or better character? I mean, I don't know how we're going to word this. Uh, they're two different questions, but Aladdin or Simba, uh, right from the Lion King. Mike James has got to watch The Princess and the Frog. I think that's right up I think his that's alley. That's a banger. Well, well, yeah, she she's down hard on her luck, but she fights. She battles. I've never even, Great villain. I've never even heard of this. Great movie. villain in that movie as well. The voodoo versus the. I guess. Well, no, he likes. Oh yeah, he likes Jafar. So yeah, great villain in Princess of the Rock. Yeah, I think that's his that's his jam. Do you think I Mike understand. James is going to get a ticket to go see the the live action uh, Little Mermaid coming soon? <laughs> he probably will if he's a Disney fan. When's that come? This gotta be soon. Yeah, yeah they, I, I just saw one screenshot from it. We don't need these. <laughs> well, we, we don't need these. Just, we don't need live action remakes of animated movies. They just well, did. Honestly, they're, they're gonna just keep yeah. doing them. Yeah, exactly. Over and over and yeah. over again. It's funny because they just did one. It was on CBS or something. It was a live Little Mermaid. Really? Shaggy was Sebastian. Shaggy was the crab. I, he was up there singing. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kiss the girl. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was all right. John Stamos was the chef. Did it well. Wow. He did it well. Well, yeah, the movie's coming out, I think, somewhat soon. I, I remember seeing a trailer for it. I feel around maybe, yeah, maybe around Super Bowl or Oscars or something. So it's got to be around the corner. Anyway, uh, poll will be up on our Twitter account. Go vote in that. That's today's show. If you're a Survivor fan, stick around. Jump over to No Buffs, 1 p.m. Eastern, Owen Knight from Survivor 43, in to talk about last night's very entertaining 
episode four of Survivor 44. Can't wait to meet Owen and to talk to him about that episode. And then uh, what else? Oh yeah, get tickets to our live show in Houston, Monday, April 3rd. That's really soon. <laughs> this keeps uh, throwing me for a loop here. <laughs> yeah. We have a show coming up very, very soon. Uh, Monday, April 3rd, White Oak Music Hall, live in Houston, Texas. Doors at five, show at six. So uh, go get yourself a free ticket. Just use that link in the show notes to get on sort of like the list. It won't cost you any fees. You'll go to a Ticketmaster page, but it won't cost you anything. So uh, get your tickets uh, because we technically could sell out here if we get capacity. So don't wait too long if you want to come hang with us on Monday, April 3rd. All right, guys, we'll see you later for no buffs. If not, we'll see you tomorrow for the drop podcast here at 10 a.m. Eastern. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, <laughs> Aladdin, the hits keep coming. Friend Like Me, Robin Williams performed it. Oh, that's a great song. Prince Ali, yeah. Robin Williams, again. Robin Williams, Legend of the Lamp. I don't remember that one. Me neither. <laughs> but they that ever, was Robin did they, ever, did they ever make a hit Broadway musical about Aladdin? <laughs> <laughs> All right, embrace the what, day, that, people. That was after they did Lion Embrace King? the day. Embrace the day. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.